for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The content is locked and loaded, and Joe is as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> yeah, buddy, tonight's show is live, so get ready, y'all. Today, we find out which one of our grinders will be hunting with our crew this September. We talk about what it means to cast call for elk, and we'll be answering questions from our live viewing audience tonight, as well as from our Elk Bros mailbox. So, my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkGrows.com, with your host, Gilbert Arnellis, and elk hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons, doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue collar hunters following our show this each week and grinding it out, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas, the host of your show, and we have the full crew here tonight with us, y'all. That's right, from Katy, Texas, we got the leader of the Venezuelan Mafia, Mr. Luis Gonzalez with a Z. And in the Dallas metro area, we're waiting on Manano to come in from Cuesta, New Mexico. That's right. We got the legend in the house, Mr. R.C. Knox. And from Cimarron, we've got our elk hunting coaches in the house, Mr. Leroy Chavez, the ninjas in the house. And WWJGD, what would Joe Gillia do's in the house? And, y'all, we are live tonight on YouTube. Welcome, everyone, and so glad to have you. Man, I'm trying, I'm freaking out here though, Gil, man. We're trying to get this thing to, ha technology to happen yes. between here and YouTube. We got that little bit of delay going on. I gotta find a way to cover up that screen cause it's freaking me out. Hey boys, look at everybody's What's coming up, in. Guys? We got Charlie, we got, uh, Shane, Kyle, Jeff is here. D Jeff, man, did you, are you wearing the vest, Jeff? <laughs> and there's Guy That's Duplanche is in, man. Hey, welcome everybody, man. Uh, brother guys in the house. So, and everybody didn't get to hear the intro where Gilbert said Joe's is nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Why is that, Joe? Why, why are you so nervous, man? What's, what's up? Bro. <laughs> hey, why don't you share how you really feel? 
<laughs> I, hey, y'all, we never know what's going to come out of this group. <laughs> There's no oh. doubt about that. Stick around. It's not over yet. <laughs> I told Loretta, man, I was like, uh, I told Loretta, I was like, God dang, I'm so nervous about tonight. She goes, you've never been nervous in front of people. I go, it ain't about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the crew. It's about hey, we got crew. our northern yeah. brother, Mr. Travis O'Shea's in the house tonight. All right. Yeah, how about that, man? <clears throat> My son, Logan Ornelas, says, going to be a good one tonight, boys. Hang on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, No need to be nervous. Thanks, Charlie, man. I know you, exactly. there Charlie's got our back again, right? So Always. that's pretty cool. Here directly, we're going to find out who the winner is of our giveaway. It's going to be one lucky or unlucky winner. It depends how close you're sleeping to these boys' tents. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> that will be yeah. joining us this September, guys, man. Are, are you if guys excited if you're to camping find out next, if, if you're camping next to Manana, you won't be sleeping. He'll be snoring way too hard. Yeah, and that guy can go to sleep in like a record 13 seconds from Tommy zips his tent shut to Tommy lays his head down 13 seconds and he is in full roar. Hear me? Roar. We're not sure how many questions we're going to get, so we do have a main topic on cast calling for elk, and hopefully that'll stir up a few questions. In fact, we're going to just make this part one because cast calling really has like three parts that can be extensive and we can dive off as deep into it or as shallow. And I think for y'all's benefit, for our listeners' benefit, we really want to kind of go in depth for this because there's so many times we get all of these certain questions from guys about calling elk. So we're going to kind of get into that. Um, Jonathan, hey, Jonathan's in the house, man. We have one of our Hunt Wars crew in the house there. Oh, right? man, Jonathan right. Scott's in the house for sure, yep. man. So love, we love the live format too. Joe's chicken all the time. Jonathan, I, know, Nolan, I, man. I don't understand why. Dude. He's this, scared of this like, crew. We've been baby. asking for this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the only We're problem saying, is Manano's not here yet. When we do it live, our listeners that hear this in two weeks from now, they're, they're not live and they're like, what are they talking? What are they doing? You know, so if you don't know, you can go on YouTube and watch this, man, and you'll be able to catch up to it. All right. Exactly. Have a drink, Luis. Uh, Charles, man. Charlie knows what's Charlie. up. Charlie's got it. Okay. Let's pick us a winner, boys. Let's see who this is going to be. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my screen. Wait a minute, Joe. Are you, are you going to do this right now? Cause I'm. You know, I need kind of psychological prepare for this. This is cool. <laughs> Everybody is needs so to cool. understand yeah. this is such a freaking cool milestone, man. It, it, yeah, it, it really is. It's This has been a three-year labor of love together. Uh, and listen, um, everybody that's on this panel with us right here, right down to R.C. Knox being here, you guys don't really know what's in store for you until this, <laughs> until Joe gets this done. Cause, uh, we've talked about this and it's been kind of a dream and a goal of ours, uh, the last three years. And, uh, by God, y'all better hold on cause this thing's fixing to get real for sure. And we've got, we've got two of our new Elk Brokes coaches there in the chat room as well. Guy yes. Duplanche there and Travis yes, O'Shea are on, and man. Travis O'Shea, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And you guys, look, um, it's going to be so much fun at our Elk Camp with our crew there. And then um, on that second hunt that we have, for those mm-hmm. fellas that come into that hunt, they're going to have myself, 
Gilbert, uh, uh, Guy Duplanche, and Travis O'Shea there as Elk Bros coaches. I mean, we went into the dugout and got the blue chips there, man. You, you got know, a, so. you got world champion elk callers in camp, brother. Yep. I mean, yep. world champion elk callers and elk call makers in camp, man. Absolutely. And you got a cat that has lived his life in in and around elk all his life and have have went thirty seven out of thirty nine years has killed bull elk. Do it yourself public land and has gotten it done he's been my hunting partner for a very long time now 13 seasons man mr joe Gillia, what would joe Gillia do is in the house and fixing to give away what we've talked about for the last three years joe, all right get, let's get it going brother the, here we go Oh man, no, no drum roll or anything like that, dude. Oh, oh it, I'm I, in. I, I have. I, to. I'm not even participating, and I'm excited, dude. <laughs> no. Heck, I've got the spinning wheel here, Jeez, man. man. I feel like you're not giving it like enough. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. There isn't. I so, don't know. We'll, we'll have to add the edit in with the crowd cheering. Woo! And the crowd man, I'm, cheering. I'm nervous. Give me one second. Uh, I'm hyperventilating here, dude. Yeah, are, are you guys ready for this? And everybody's Super lined ready. up. Um, guys, I'll let you know that your odds are 1 in 64. So we have 1 in 64 over here on the side. And we're going to spin the hey, hold wheel. On, hold on a second. <laughs> you, you just not... <laughs> Oh man, come on, Joe. <laughs> Joe, what me, kind of, let me ask bit. you guys something. Yeah. What kind of odds do y'all, it's one in 64. One you can't get six. those odds in New oh. Mexico, brother. Oh, there no. ain't no way, no way. guys. Oh, I no. can't believe 64 guys are going to get an opportunity to get in here and draw an elk tag and hunt with some of the finest elk hunters exactly. in the country. And that's what I want to hear. So before this name comes up, <laughs> yep. I yep. need to understand what is this person winning? <laughs> oh. oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. RC well, Knox, can you show us something that they're going to win? Well, here's when something they participate they're going to get. In this thing? All right. So RC, you're going to have to talk to be able to do that. And we'll show it again <laughs> when we, when we get off the screen share, but go ahead and show it now and say it's the legend RC Knox, Mr. Silversmith himself. Look at that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'll be giving they, they won't see him unless RC Pro, speaks. That's uh, Elk Bros Buckle. Made by RC Knox himself. Handmade. That is awesome, man. Handmade. And they're going to have, look, it's seven days with the crew. And if they want to continue hunting after those seven days, they, they, well, yeah, because we're. Hockey lights out. Yeah. So we, yeah, they can go up until the 14th. So, yep. you know, they get a chance to be with us. They want to continue the hunt. They can rock and roll. All yep. right. So are, are we doing this? Are we pushing the button? Well, I, I, oh. I, Luis, are you ready? <laughs> I, I, you know, I just don't feel like <laughs> the energy is quite there yet, man. I, I just, I. <laughs> No, I'm just, you know. We're going to get like one of these Instagram posts where it draw it out for the next 35 minutes or what, man? Oh, no. Here we go. Well, so what is, what is the rush? Why are we trying to do this so quickly, dude? I yeah. mean, why are we pushing this? I feel like it's being forced <sighs> upon us. Well, you got to understand in two weeks, not everybody is viewers on YouTube. There's also listeners of the show going, how long can we drag this out? Yeah. <laughs> hey, for everyone that participated Thank into you. this awesome, awesome opportunity, uh, everyone that has supported us, 
you don't understand how important this is for us. Um, we're opening the doors of our camp, of our very tight and united group to, a, you know, potentially a stranger to the group to come in Luis and share with checks. It. He wants background checks, bro. That's where he's going. I, I do. I do. Because this person is going to share with us the seven hunting days the, one of the most seven most important days in our year, the ones that we prepare the entire year for. I mean, this is our sacred ground, <laughs> sacred, sacred circle. This is what we live for year in and year out. And, and it means a lot to us, you know, so 100%. for us to open up this way, people need to understand that it means a lot. And, and, and we're doing it because you all have been the reason why we're sitting here tonight sharing this with everybody. And we're extremely appreciative. We're extremely blessed. And, uh, I, I honestly can't wait to, to know who this person is going to be because well uh, it's going to be epic. Well said. And so what we're going to do to honor something too, Chav, you've been my, uh, You've been my brother by my side and hunting with me. This will be our 40th season, man. And uh, I'm going to leave it up to you to tell me to spin. Well, before we start, uh, <laughs> if, that's my kind of guy right there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, he that's is right. the legend. Legend. That's, yeah. that's, you know, like our ninja. 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 Yeah, I believe the winner can bring along a friend, correct? Yes, they can. Absolutely. So, so this is for two people that are coming to New Mexico to mm. hunt with this group. And hopefully we don't leave you traumatized when it's all said and done. <laughs> but but I think we're ready. Let's spin it. We're ready to go. Look out. Here it comes, fellas. Number four. Number four. Cody Kirkpatrick. Cody, Cody Kirkpatrick wins the hunt. That is wow. winner right there. Is he on with Congrats, him? Cody! I don't, Congrats, I don't know if Cody Patrick is on here. So we'll, we'll announce that on there. Everything's set up for the hunt. We're uh, <laughs> we're there, boys. The now, boys, counting the days. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wishing bad to Cody. We want to thank everybody, man, that, yes. that entered this. Yes. Um, it, Muchas uh, gracias. Yes. Yeah. Muchas gracias. Yeah. And yeah, big thank you. I can't believe we've already picked it, Joe. It's been crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like just, it was just way too quick, man. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, you know, let's get this party started, Joe, and head over to our Elk Bros mailbox. Absolutely, man. We had another question from Adam. I don't know if you remember. He asked a question yeah. last week, right? And and I don't think we – I think he wanted to zero in a little bit more because he said, during the midday hunt, when you're following elk to where to their bedding area, how long do you give them once you know they've bedded down before going after them? Or do you try to find a vantage point and watch them until they start moving? So depends on the wind, Joe. Well, yeah, and and the other thing is, is we don't necessarily just because you put them to bed doesn't mean that uh, doesn't mean that you've been able to 
be up on them or see them. I mean, you can put animals to bed because you hear them. They've been talking the whole time. They end up stopping. That bull starts doing those bed bugles. They end mm-hmm. up with, uh, um, uh-oh, uh-oh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm, if I'm willing to do this, guys. I mean, right in the middle of the question here, but, uh, this is a surprise appearance by, uh, let, let's see if, <laughs> uh, if he has audio or anything going on. Oh my God. Huh? Oh, no, no, you're late, like usual. Dude. <laughs> Why are you even showing up, bro? It's already been done. We've already having my, my lunch. <laughs> I'm having my lunch. Where are you What's at? What's going like, on, fellas? I was a day late in Australia, bro. Day late and a dollar short, always. Manano, <laughs> man. What? Love you, brother. Waiting on Manano. Waiting so on Manano. Waiting on Manano. We had here the legend. Legend RC Knox. Legend RC Knox. Manano, we already went through introductions, dude. Well, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I need to say hello to my buddy. Hey, Chuff. Hey. What's going on, Chuff? Everything's going good. So this is Manano's first appearance, and that, that's why we this. In fact, we're not sure if it's Manano. This could be, actually be a no recorded imposters. version of Manano no. that is practice lines and stuff. Oh, it's not. Seen Manano and 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 I guess since January, no, since January, yeah, right? I think it was January, last January. Five Things were good. Almost. Five months. And right. I'm surprised you're not having another child by now after five months. <laughs> no. He's but working I, on it. I have tried, though. That's the I problem. He hasn't because it's been in the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have tried, though. <laughs> okay. Manano, I want you to understand one thing. I don't, I don't thing. know if I should live, brother. We there, already man. gave our elk hunt away. We, we gave, gave our it elk away. away, bro. Cody Kilpatrick won the elk hunt, and Charlie Newberry is back up, bro. Wow. So it's Congratulations all done. Dreams achieved. Uh, guys, they're going to be in camp. Listen. Wow. Manano will be in camp. He'll have the five-star right. food ready to rock and roll. You boys are going to be entertained and full bellies. I promise you that for sure. The only so, thing he's good that's for. That's a fact. Yeah. Well, we said Kirkpatrick had to stay with the the person that showed up last on the podcast. So bunking with you, Manano. He's in your tent, <laughs> Manano. Okay. Manano, you even have the CEO of Wapiti River Calls at Wapiti River Outdoors, Travis O'Shea, saying, waiting on Manano. <laughs> that, that's a privilege. That is a, that is a privilege. That's a privilege. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so Manano, yeah. we, we were on the mailbox, right, bro? And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give the question so that you know what it is. And we started to talk about it. The question was from Adam Visser out of Calgary, Canada. And he said, during the midday hunt, when you're following them to their bedding area, how long do you give them once you know they've bedded down before going after them? Or do you try to find a vantage point and watch them until they start moving? And what I was saying to everybody is that just because you've put them to bed doesn't mean you have eyes on them. Most of the time, you're going to know they've gone to bed. Um, you're most likely in the area. You're, you've got to be where the wind's right. Your thermals are most likely right at the time, or they wouldn't be bedding there. So basically, you are off of their bedding area. So to answer your question, what we're trying to do at that point in time, so it says, how long do you give them once you know they bedded down? I, I'm there until that bull gets up again. Right. So I want to stay where 
thermals and the thermals are going to change, start going up. And I want to be on the downwind thermal side. And most likely as it gets to that 10, 11, 12 o'clock and gets warm, those thermals, especially if I'm in the same level as they are, are going to start going up. And I want to be on the same level or as much as possible as that animal. And now because they are in their bed and they're going to be there for hours. Now, that bull might get up. That bull, in fact, I'm going to tell you how to get him up here in a second. Yeah, but buddy. That bull might get up, and if he does, he's going to give a little bit. He might talk a little bit. He might get up and just scent check. He might go for a drink. He might start eating because this guy's been working so much when he's with those cows, right? So we're off, and we're going to try to be on that same level, and we now get to pick the playing ground or where we're going to set up and I give that enough time and I can either wait on him or after a certain amount of time I can create my own opportunity I can start yeah go ahead man so how do you manage because I mean we're talking patience here we're talking kind of playing the time right 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 and uh, yeah you're at the same level you're being patient, you're waiting. What kind of time frames are we thinking of or talking about? And also, um, the how, do you, tell you how do you, how do you play the win factor? Because you know, mm-hmm. you, we all know that win is going to shift and turn on you. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm thinking bull- time versus wind changes and how do you manage all of that? The bull's going to tell you what time in, in his temperature, right? Well, when you start, when you start feeling him out, right? He's going to tell you how much time. Well, um, if he don't say anything forever and you've gone through what Joe's going to fix and talk about, then you know you're not going to get in there and, and get him up, right? If he's vocal and he's bugling in his bed a lot, then chances are he's, he's, uh, he's pretty active and you can get him up. But if he's pretty quiet and the wind's real shifty, you probably ought to wait till he sounds off. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Until he sounds off. I mean, otherwise, you just run the risk of going there and getting Until he busted. Sounds off, and the wind is right, right? Exactly. You know, and that could be who knows how long it could be two, three o'clock, four o'clock. You know. Yeah, Luis, you want to stay off of him far enough uh, that you are not going to get winded, and if that means that you've got to drop off on a downside or you've got to get over another ridge where you can possibly play the terrain. Yeah, and. Yeah. Just depending on what that wind's doing, because if you don't want to blow them out until the wind settles down and you know where they're at because they're in bed, man, you can go up over a ridge where you don't have to worry about necessarily your scent going to it. But the good thing is, as it gets warmer during the day, those thermal, everything's going to go up like this. It's not necessarily going uphill, especially if you're on the same level, right? The only thing you have to worry about then is a strong wind right. on that. Right. If there's no wind, it's just going to kind of go up and you're you're copacetic like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like Gil said, man, that time kind of depends. Now, if I go in and I know that they're in their bed, if I can go ahead and get up, you know, close to that bull, 150 yards, that's close enough, right? And I start doing some, uh, creating a, a breeding sequence, just introduce some cows and then introduce some bull sounds and just do my scenario over there. And see if he doesn't, now he's either going to do one or two things. He's either going to sound off as he's getting up, or he's going to get up and walk over there just to check out what that other bull looks like, right? So there's a way for me to create that opportunity. Especially if he's got cows. Oh, well, that's 
most likely why he's better. If sure. if if he didn't have cows, I wouldn't be chasing him to a destination. I most okay. likely would have been able to turn that guy and bring him in. Right. 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 So would would uh would playing as a younger bull be kind of the way to go in that situation to try to get him up and go come things checked out? No, I, I I wouldn't even worry about because the the sounds that I'm doing are going to be we're low not, sounds, right? And we're not calling to him. Yeah, you know we're so, not going to call so to him. I'm going to start. Yeah, but I'm, a I'm in like a yeah a young bull trying to call on his cows. Well, mm-hmm. and I I won't be really bugling. I'm going to use those low sounds like huffs. Um, I'm going to use raking. Pants. I'm going to use some whine, some groans mm-hmm. like Maybe that. Maybe even some glunking. So, yeah. And the raking of the tree is really going to do that. I want to sound like yeah, I am tending my cows over there, like a yeah. cow. And I can let it down and bring it back up. Let it down, bring it back up, and really look for that guy. If I have a partner, we're even better. But I get to choose the setup. So how? But, but your partner has to be good at calling. So meaning, like, if you're with Manano, you can't do that, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll let Manano kill it. I'll call. Uh, well, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the last bull that you missed, uh, it was because I stopped for, for him. For I mean, I he uh, he just missed it, what? and I stopped the bull with without any diaphragm because I I know how to call cow call. I'm, I'm so glad diaphragm. I recorded it. I'm so glad I recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad I recorded it. No, you didn't. You didn't. That's the yes, only thing you had to do, and you didn't. I did actually. I, I got on my GoPro. I got you. You're miss. We perfectly so recorded. So whoever is going, you know, uh, and what was Mr. Kirkpatrick's first name? Uh, Co- uh, Cody. 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 Cody, right? Cody. Cody, I want you to hear this, bro, because you're going to be hunting with these guys, right? And, and you're going to get the full experience because this is it, man. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> They're going to find, uh, they'll, they'll argue about water. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, we, temperature. There isn't anything yeah. to argue about. Yeah. We'll find it. Is it right <laughs> or not? Right. Water's yeah. wet or not, they argue. Yeah, right. The only thing is, that after a while, it gets boring because I'm always right. <laughs> Just what you so, going back to that bull that's bedded, yes. <laughs> you you had asked a question, Luis. You were yes. like, I, I hope you understand now that we're not necessarily screaming. I can let out a bugle, but if I do a bugle, it's really going to be something where um, I'm going to do more of a little short display mm-hmm. for my cows. I'm cows. not doing a challenge mm-hmm. or anything Correct. like that. Mm-hmm. And then if that guy sounds off over there, mm-hmm. and here's the big one, y'all. This is the big one where most people mess up. Like when you're doing a tending sequence or you're doing breeding sequences um, with an animal, you'll get a bull finally that will come in and he'll sound off. And what he's doing is... He's not sounding off to you as the bull. He's sounding off to your cows. He right. wants to sound off and say, hey, I'm over here. Come to me, right? And the big mistake most people do is immediately they change their tactic from ignoring that bull and doing your own thing to immediately going and engaging him. And it's mm-hmm. not the time yet, not until he gets in your bubble just like a regular bull would do. So you want to continue. Now, if you're going to do a bugle after he does, it's going to be your own display bugle at your cows again. And, and it sounds like you're answering him, 
but you're not. It's the same thing that happens to people when a bull's going on destination. A lot of times we get a bull to respond, and we think that bull's responding to us. Yes and no. He is going... He is responding because we bugled, but he's not responding to us. He's telling his cows, whoa, ladies. Nobody go nowhere. (laughs) Don't you go nowhere. I'm right here. I'm the man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he wants to make sure that he is advertising himself as he's going. So we're like, wow, he just screamed when I did this. So he wants to fight. That ain't the case, man. Mm -hmm. That ain't the case. Mm -hmm. He he is, and those cows are continually moving, and he's Mm -hmm. going to engage. He's going to stop. He's going to bugle, and then he's going to run up, man. And you're like, God dang, they're running away, right? So that's something to keep in mind. And then once you end up with that critter coming in to where he does start to get into your bubble, right? then you want to do something about it, okay? Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. As soon as he... Soon as he engages you, and one, one of the things he'll probably do is if he chuckles at you, then he's talking to you. He's talking to you then, and by especially if he's hearing that lost cow or whatever, and he chuckles, to, he's trying to call you to him, right? So then you can decide on what you want to do with him or not, right? And uh, the best thing is try to ignore him and get him to come to you. You know, and you just put your, put your show on until he gets more and more feverish about what he's doing. And, uh, that can take some time. What would you do, guys, if you had your gal with you and a guy's over there and he's far enough away over there and he's saying, Hey, you know, like that. You might ignore that guy just a little bit. He comes a little bit closer right there. You might turn and give that guy a glare. Now, remember, that's a visual. That's how animals like to. If I had a bull right there and I could show him my rack, that's exactly what I would do. But the other thing a bull is going to do is going to go, he's going to warn that guy to stay away, right? Right, right. So now if he comes in and now he does a, a display bugle to pull those cows, you cut that puppy off just like that. You slap him in the face. Now it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, right? buddy. Okay? Yeah, buddy. So oh. that's uh, – hey, that, Joe, are, are we going to be taking um, questions from uh, the people absolutely. in the chat? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Because we got we got a couple questions. Uh, we got uh, – so Mr. Waldron, he's asking when is that, uh, that bugle tube – uh, gonna be available, you think? Oh, man, We're talking about the night, soloist. Joe. Joe, you ruined my night, bro, man. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of agree with him. I'm curious. I want to know. Oh, well, you, you, you ought to be the one that has the money invested, bro. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting too. So the story is on the tube is that I received my first edition that came back. It wasn't acceptable to my standards. And, um, and Travis, you know as well as I do what it's like to be in this business. Travis has a whole bunch of tubes made already. And they're great tubes, fantastic, made by this company. So it's not a company issue. What it's been has been a COVID issue. And uh, I'm... Yeah, raw materials are harder to get. Well, it, I'm working with an American company based in China. Gotcha. And COVID shut down their cities there for months. And so when I sent back my grunt tube to say, no, I want this fixed again, it's like everything shut the heck down. So I'm due to have um, the next 
hopefully this one, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't want to get too happy because I've been let down already one time. Yep. So uh, Chav has taught me to be cautiously optimistic that when it comes mm-hmm. in this time, and it's supposed to be here probably in the next 10 days, the next and I'm hoping for that, you know, if everything has worked out in that city, that I get it in about 10 days. And if approved, then it only takes a few weeks for me to get my first shipment. So but, best case scenario versus worst case scenario? I, I wish I could tell you, bro, because yeah. my best case scenario was before the season. Stay tuned. Year, right? Stay tuned so, for more updates. I, I, I yeah. am not going to curse myself and say yeah, or set a yeah. timeline. I'm just I, telling you that so, I really want to have it happen. And I won't forget you, John, man. So, so John, Joe. Oh, it's John. I'm sorry, John. Yeah. I called you Joe, man. Called it's him okay. Brother. So, so Joe, Adam Visser's question to summarize. Make sure to win is exactly what you need before you proceed. Number two, check his temperature and don't talk to him, but create the scenario that you want for him to come to you. Now, that is if I'm the one that is creating the opportunity. Right. Let's say this dude yeah. gets up out of his bed and he sounds off. Oh, yeah. Now I can, I can, yeah. now I can possibly engage right. him directly, but you know, he's already got up and sound off and I can see, I can now dip my toe, find out if he's interested in a cow or if he's going to, if I give myself a little chuckle or a little whiny bull. <laughs> now that's young bull that you're talking about, Luis. I might be able to do that or even call to his ladies to that's see right. if he's going right. to be interested in coming this way. So there's, there's different strategies to do this, whether he's initiating by him getting up and sounding off or whether I'm going to kind of create my own scenario and pull him to me. There might not really be a fixed recipe. There's just a few options and, you know, you can kind of pick it based on the mood of the scene. You you test the waters. You see which button you're going to push. I always start. I'm always a lover before I'm a fighter. fighter, So I start with a cow first. And then if I don't get a rise out of that, I might give a little bit of a bull sound to see what I get from him and we'll go from there. Okay. Don't look now, fellas. Oh, the, the Flatlander is in the house. Mr. The Cole Wilkes, the beast himself, is in the house. So good to have you, brother Cole. Uh, we got uh, another Joe, question. Joe, we got, yeah, we got another question from the Elk Bros mailbox. Yeah, oh, actually, I was going to say, Charlie, Charlie asked, um, that he said he, he heard, he heard, he heard us talk about the cow pickle. Um, in the early cow pickle scenario in the early yeah. podcast, and uh, there's uh, any chance we can kind of quickly go over it. Yeah, yeah we'll, so, get, we'll get to that one right after Richard Flock's question, Joe. Okay, so let's go to Charlie's right after we get done with Richard. Go ahead, and Gilbert, and give us Richard's Yeah, question. Richard Flock from uh, Springfield, Oregon, he writes into us, said, could you help with this scenario? It's early morning, dark, and you hear elk heading up to their bedding area. You know where the bedding area is at, but no matter how hard you try to get close, the wind swirls every direction. What would you do? Would you sit and wait? Absolutely. <laughs> Got to have the wind right or you'll never have an opportunity, right, Joe? Well, this this runs right off of just what we were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, you know where they're going up into their bedding and, you know, usually in the morning, generally, Richard, especially in the dark and that first morning is probably going to be your most still, you know, if you've got wind blowing at that time, man, you better back out if you know where they're at. 
um, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to blow them out of there. And you hunt Oregon, right? So you're in that real, real thick stuff, and it's really hard to find those boogers. So I would not risk that, man. I would stay away and sit until wind is my best uh, buddy. And if I have it right, then I can proceed from there, okay? That's right. Absolutely. All right. So let's so, go to that. Let's go to Charlie's question. Charlie's here. question. What Please. was it, bro? Oh, the question was about the cow pickle scenario. Right. So here's what I mean by a, a, a pickle, Charlie, is that everybody knows baseball, what the pickle is, right? You know, you're throwing the ball one way and then something runs back the other. Well, that's just the way I envision this because what I do is, I've especially used this when I'm not able to, like if I'm in a hunting area where there's private or there's a fence line with another unit that I can't go across and I have no choice but to pull animals to me and I'm trying to get them interested in coming to me. So what I'm doing is I'm creating a scenario and I'm creating a scenario of a herd bull with his cows and I'll even sometimes add additional satellites that are going sounding off because what do Multiple bulls signify when they're bugling. A rut going on. Yeah, there's a rut. There's a hot cow, right? Okay. So I will do some of that. And what I like to do is, and and I'm glad Guy's here uh, because uh, we talked about this, is that I actually, most people go to or towards an animal when they're trying to pull them in. I like to do just the opposite because a lot of times, I've had elk that have followed me when I'm calling going away, where sometimes when I stay put, they'll just stay off a certain distance, 100 yards or something like that. So what I like to do is to sound like a moving herd and with cows in that herd as I'm moving. And then what I'll do is I'll come back and I'll come back from where I was between me and that bull and I'll start throwing out lost cow calf sounds. Right. So basically I moved off and I came back and I gave that lost calf cow sound like they're trying to catch up to the herd and now become low hanging fruit for that bull. That's the whole idea of it. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody have a question off of that? Because in my mind, I know exactly what I'm doing. So yeah, um, no, it's like you just said, it's the pickle effect in baseball where you running something down, you moving in this direction, making it sound like this, moving it back the other direction, making it sound like that. You know, uh, if you, if you guys want to know what podcast it was, we talked about that with Paul Medell too on our couple podcasts ago. So that was an incredible podcast. Actually that podcast hasn't come out yet, bro. Well, Oh, gotcha. Okay. It'll be out. It'll, yes, it'll be out by the time this one comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So So hopefully you guys have, have heard that if you haven't, man, y'all get after it because uh that paul Medell edition is flat amazing as far as calling and stuff hey uh so we're getting a lot of messages from cole over there the flatlander man he's <laughs> yeah, in the house, dude yep. absolutely so good yeah. to have him man the beast and he's been working in this heat joe and it's this texas heat brutal already it's 95 to 99 degrees already man it's hey, super brutal you know i'm uh, there's, there's an answer to that. There's no doubt, but he has to work in it so he can take all the September and October off. We hate <laughs> at the end of the day. We love him because 
That's always a, a working fool, man. I tell Absolutely. you what, man. If if you're out there in the Burnett area, and you need somebody to get something done. That is the man to call right there. Right? Definitely, definitely. Okay. Well, well, Joe, let's get this party started and head mm-hmm. over. Uh, you know what time it is? It's time no, for our no, Elk Bro no, shout outs. No, if you're new no. to our show, this is just a shout out to a few cities where they're most listeners topping our charts this week, Joe. Chav, you're up first, bro. Okay, uh, known as the Turkey Capital of the World, this week's top listening city received its name when two early settlers and rivals flipped a coin with a winner naming the town after himself. Known as a motorcycle friendly town and destination, it is the home of Nighthawk Custom, an American firearm company that manufactures custom firearms and tactical knives for competition, shooters, military, law enforcement, and self-defense. And this is in Berryville, Arkansas. Berryville, Arkansas. Yeah. Awesome. I have never heard of Berryville, Arkansas. And let me tell you what, man, they cranked out the listens. And uh, that was that was so cool to have that come up like that. And can you imagine, though, that your city got a name from two guys flipping a coin? Yes, <laughs> two guys flipping a coin. That's crazy, man. Oh. Manano, Luis, maybe that's how y'all ought to settle your arguments, man. Just... <laughs> no, I would never do that with you. You're loose. You're loose. No, no, no. They, they would be like, no, dude, I said heads. No, bro. You said, no, you, you didn't say heads. Yeah, you said tails. <laughs> All right, Luis. This town in Arizona is known as the home to copper, cattle, and cotton. The largest employers in the area include the Freeport McMoran Copper and Gold Companies, which make up the largest new mining operation in North America, Safford, Arizona. That's Freeport McMoran, baby. Oh, really? Yes, sir. McMoran. Freeport McMoran. Yep. Good Freeport company. Freeport McMoran. Oh, you know that, huh? All right. Yeah, they're, they're an operator, too, in, in the oil and gas sector. Cool. Yep. I didn't know about that company. Safford, Arizona. Safford, Arizona. Moving on, Gilbert. Absolutely. Guys, the next top listening city is located just across the Potomac River from Washington, D.C. in northeast Virginia. It's most famous for the Arlington National Cemetery and was established as the American military cemetery in the Civil War. The cemetery sits on the grounds of the Confederate General Robert E. Lee's home in the Arlington House. Hmm. Veterans from all of America's wars were buried here. It's also the home to the Tomb of the Unknowns and the Iwo Jima Memorial and the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia. Arlington, Virginia. Was there this past Thanksgiving? That's hallowed ground, brother. Hallowed yeah. ground, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You you can't Impressive go there. Place. You can't go there and not be moved. You know what? Oh I mean? my gosh, I got chills just talking about it right now. Yeah. Thank you so much to our servicemen and women out there, where some gave all, and some you know some gave some, and most gave all of their lives for right. us to be. Where it we took were. my daughters there this past Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. It was so cool because it wasn't it their idea to go there. Mm-hmm. They yeah. wanted to. Yeah. They wanted to um, go uh, see the capital, and and you know they, they were born here in the U.S. and and so I want to foster that, that patriotism on them. For sure. Coming from mom's side, 
<laughs> gotta be. I don't know who the dad is, but I mean, the, them kids yeah. came out with a good heart, man. Oh, I don't know who his dad's kids are either. He's been playing. Yeah, I don't care. That's why no more that, babies I'm, have come because he's been in the house the whole time. Well, uh, I don't know who is the dad, but I'm, I'm the one paying deals. <laughs> yeah, somebody got it good, right? Right. <laughs> so before we go on to Chav doing the next one here, um, you guys listening, man, why don't you start giving us a little shout out, you know, telling us where everybody's from so everybody that's on there can see where you're from. So I Absolutely. think that'd be pretty cool. Give a little shout out to where your location is, <clears throat> all right? Go ahead, Chav. Okay, uh, this city is the home of Eastern Kentucky University. And founded by Revolutionary War Colonel John Miller, this city is home to Fort Boonesboro, the second largest Civil War battlefield. Among the many famous residents in the area were two of the most known frontiersmen of all time. And that's Kit Carson and Daniel Boone. And this is in Richmond, Kentucky. Richmond, Kentucky. Richmond, Kentucky. Which... Reminds me, y'all. Um, Our brothers I, from the deep south have showed up. Well, I, there's no way I can say Kentucky without thinking about the Kentucky Derby I watched the other day. Oh my God! Oh my God! That, Bro, uh, but, about a what do you call champion. what do you call the writer jokey or <laughs> jockey? 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 The jockey was Venezuelan. He yeah. was Venezuelan. Yes. You sure. didn't know that? But, yeah. And he didn't even it's know he was a jockey all this time. He thought he was a jockey. I need to send that jockey a pass to be a Venezuelan mafia leader <laughs> <laughs> for one day. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome, man. Yes, you should. You should. Oh, Especially when he knows you called him a jokey. Jokey. <laughs> I, I, I'm laughing with you, bro. I There's thought no that was awesome. Look, and I know I said something funny. I don't know what I said, but <laughs> that's all good as long Have as you're all laughing. Have a drink, son. Have a drink yeah. on me. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a jockey in Venezuela right now going, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Manano knows what it is. He knows. Oh, he has Absolutely. no idea what we're talking about. Manano yeah. knows, knows horses, man. He knows what yeah. it is, right? Luis does not. There oh <laughs> we go. Uh, but hey, what about that race, man? Eight, get this: the horse was not even supposed to be in the race. He was an alternate. Alternate, eighty yes. to one. Eighty to one, man. Yes. He was the the second one from the bottom up. Yeah. yeah. A thousand dollar bet brought you, brought saw, you 80 grand. you saw when he finished, dude, he had dirt. I mean, mud, he was dirt, dirt, dirt all oh, over him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. this guy, this was a mudder that came from the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, we got David Pullman, David Pullman, and he apologizes in advance from Ventura, California. Oh. Oh, you don't have to apologize, bro. You don't. <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, you have John Waldron, Carbon, Carbon County. County, Wyoming. Yeah. You got uh, Mr. Kyle Schaefer, Georgetown, Texas. Texas. And Drew God Sawyer. Texas. Hello, Drew, from Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. So, And then we have Roland Smith from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> and we got Travis O'Shea. Our brother Travis. Travis. Yeah. Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada. Can't wait to see that country. Yep. We'll be seeing that. Oh yeah. Yep. That's gonna that's gonna happen. Joe, we got one more city that's yours, brother. Yes, sir. Located in the eastern plains of New Mexico, and it's a pleasure to talk about this. This top listening city is a favorite stop for cross country travelers on Interstate I forty, formerly known as Route sixty six. Once called the Gateway to the West, the town had several names, which I didn't know. Chab, did you know these, man? No. Uh-uh. So it was called Ragtown, Six Shooter Side, due to numerous gunfights, and Douglas before settling on its current name. The current name came from a nearby mountain and is of Comanche origin. And y'all, many TV and movies have been filmed here, among them... With one of my favorite actors, oh Rawhide, starring Clint Eastwood, yeah, a buddy. few dollars more, Whoa. Hell or High Water, and an yeah. episode of Better Call Saul. Cool. Tucumcari, New Mexico. Tucumcari, New Mexico. So is it root or is it route? It's route. It's route. It's, it's it's route sixty six. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be me, Joe. Uh, uh, whatever. There you go. The legend. Tomato, tomato. The legend said tomato, whatever, whatever, dude. Whatever. Chavis Hogan says you can call it whatever you want, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't When you're the legend, you can call it whatever you want. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. That's a pretty legend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's right. Charlie's laughing late at my joke. Yeah, yeah. jokey. Yeah. My jokey. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into tonight's content. And guys, this is we call this cast calling for elk, and and this is something this is something that I have created as a way to explain calling and how to go about doing that. And cast calling is really about um, the call you use the presentation, and placing your calls where they should get a hit. Does it sound familiar, Gilbert, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do a lot of comparison between, like, turkey hunting and elk hunting. And even though there's some people get mad about that, there are aspects of turkey hunting that are like elk hunting. There are some that are Very nothing much. like it, right? Yeah. And yeah. there's just like, you know, well, we're not going to go Bass walk in a lake, you. but there's a lot of familiarities between fishing and elk hunting, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think people that do these things really know a lot more. And especially when you're talking about cast calling, I, I, I really think about fly fishermen with this because Chav and I went to the river, and I do this on a lake where Gilbert fishes. I am the 90% side of people that sit on the bank and don't catch anything all day while Gilbert's out there pulling out 10-pounders and taking selfies and putting it on Instagram, right? You know, I'm out there, you know, going like, yeah, <laughs> you know? but, uh, and the same thing with fly fishermen, me and Chav, we floated, I don't know what, 20 some miles down the river, Chav. Oh yeah. 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 Near, near Glenwood Springs. Glenwood we Springs. Out, I think from the frying pan all the way down to the Arkansas had a blast, but in that amount of water, we probably caught two fish with spin casting, right? And we're watching guys float by us with fly rods, just putting it in, you know, and Jack then put it, up. put it in there, 
I mean, fish after fish after fish. Yeah. We were the 90%. They were the 10%. And here's the deal is, is I want to become a fly fisherman. Well, I can take a fly rod. It's just like guys picking up a boat. I can, I'm, man, I can get a fly rod and I can make that puppy go where I want to. I can feed that line. I can put it out. I can place it on a dime out there. But one thing that I don't have is the knowledge of what to use for that fish at that time of year and to make it happen. Just like a lot of people that have archery equipment and they can shoot so great. They even have a bugle and they know how to rip a bugle off that, but they don't have the knowledge of knowing what to use, when, and how to use it, whether it's time of year, time of day, or situation, right? So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about cast calling. It's so much like that. And we get these questions from people all the time that they ask us this. How do you know when or where to call up? How do you know what calls or sounds to use? Are some calls better than others at certain times of years? How do you know what, know what to do once you get a response, right? So what I want to tell you is you actually, if you're a fly fisherman, you're a lake fisherman, you're a turkey hunter, all those people, you actually know a whole lot more of the answers to this than you think. And it's, it, I don't want to say it's not as difficult as you don't think. It's just learning some of that knowledge of what's happening, the behavior and why you're doing it. Because now I know if I go to a stream or a river and I want to know what to, to use, well, then I go to that creek at that time of year and I roll up a rock and I find out what bugs are existing in that river, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you know, Gilbert, what lure to use at a certain time of year on a lake? Well, it, it happens every time a year, right? You know, when you're in the spawn, you know, when you're in the pre-spawn, you know, when you're in a post-spawn. So that tells me what kind of lures I'm going to start using, right? What type of year we're in. Are they breeding? Are they getting ready to breed? Or are they after the breeding, right? So it tells me exactly. It's a perfect correlation to how we're going to, Manana would be on a postponed. Fish back so he no. can book that mad dog. No, no, right? he'll be like, I uh, postpone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so for for me, Joe, it's about knowing the time of year, knowing you know, and then picking which lures I'm gonna go after. Right. right. Water clarity, uh, water temperature. Those kinds of things. So all of that stuff factors into how I'm going to start approaching a fish, right? Right. But let me ask you a question, though, bro. You take any of those times a year. Does what you're using and how you're fishing fishing change from morning to afternoon? 100%. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has to. Your water temperature is going to warm up. The fish are going to get active. More early as the sunlight hits, you'll have a shad spawn where they really gonna get in there early as soon as the sun comes up. When that sun makes a little crack, the shad will sink. They won't be on the surface, so they'll sink. Your topwater baits won't be as efficient as they were early. So then you're going to go down to something that's a little bit more under the surface that you're working, right? But it's the same school that you're after, right? Just 
have to learn how to work the animal a little bit different at the time of the day and at the time of the, the, the year, right? And so let's say I'm going to take this a step further. You've gone yeah. from the op- open lake and you've gone up into a side tributary where it's got a whole bunch of logs and branches sticking up. Does that change your strategy? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right? They're going to relate to that cover, you know, so same way with the elk. They're going to relate to the little trinoses that are there that they travel back the and forth and, you know, all of the different, all of the different landscape that's there going to affect how they travel. And how they go to their bedding areas and how do they, you know, come down to the water, wallows, all of those things are going to go into effect on bull travel, right? Right. Uh, and cow travel as well. But cows now, are usually leading the pack, right? Now, uh, David Pullman makes a, makes a comment over here that's totally <laughs> legitimate. And he mm-hmm. says that elk hunting is so much harder than fishing you have nine months to prepare for seven or 14 days which is legitimate right and when you suck your freezer stays empty then you go fishing to make yourself feel better but but you can use live bait when you fish use live bait that's cheap but but the whole point of this though david is is not is not the point that you know one's easier than the other what i'm trying to the point i'm trying to make across is that the type of calls that you use, what I'm trying to do is actually give you fishing in a sense <laughs> to help you understand how using those calls change um, how and what and where and when you're going to do things. And once you start to understand that, because I tell you what, if for that 11 months that you're talking about preparing, had you not you necessarily, I'm not talking to you necessarily, just had people worked on knowing and understanding the elk knowledge, understanding their behaviors at the different times, understand what and how they're communicating and best way to respond to that, then it sure opens up a lot more. And you start to recognize, just like in fishing, you know, I know Gilbert, I can do it. I can go to a lake, I can go to a creek, and I can look at it and figure that looks like a bass right there. I mean, that's where an area they're going to be. So because I understand elk behavior. So what happens is through my 11 months, uh, I have the opportunity to listen to stuff like this, to go out and learn, to go to different places to learn to do that. You can go to our academy. You can go to Corey Jacobson's Elk 101. You can go to um, the Elk Collective on there. You can go to Chris Rose out there. You can get the uh, you can get the uh, uh, Elk Nuts app out there as well. And I mean, Paul Medell gives all kinds of information on on behavior. Um, and go to Mark Livesey's uh, Academy on learning how to e scout because you're going to get a lot of information there. Go to an Elk Shape Camp. Go listen to Dan. I don't. It doesn't. It's not about just us it's about you and you learning so that's the point i'm trying to make is that what you have between this six inches between your ears is more critical than being able to whip that fly rod and make it land on a dime this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and tecovis is your stop for the best in western style tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer including men's and women's boots apparel hats bags and more all tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend and tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style stop by your local tecovis store 
Have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. For sure. Yeah. The knowledge that you have, that you it, possess, absolutely. is the most and, important part. It's why you got to invest in yourself. And I'm preaching to the choir because that's why people are listening to this right now, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, kudos to you guys that are listening to this stuff. But we're not the only ones out there. And I'm telling you, there's there's great podcasts out there. Go listen to Guy Duplanche. Go oh, listen to Jim day. Huntsman out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, go listen to Backcountry Rookies. Uh, right. In fact, I think if even if you go to... I'm trying to remember Elk Nuts, uh, I'm trying to remember his Got, Got Game, I think. Yes. Um, the, they have their own podcast where Paul does some stuff on there. Shoot, go on Instagram. Paul puts stuff on there all the time. Tons of it, man. His I videos mean, are epic. He, he is an educator. And Definitely. that's what, that's why we get along so well. Huge the man coach. is an educator at heart and I, I really appreciate that in him, right? So, um, let's go move on a little bit on this because I just want to tell you, cast calling pretty much answers all those questions. Um, and, and think about like some of these, like if you, if you wanted to know like when or where or how far to go, you know, and you are somebody that does that fishing and then you do that casting, I start just putting that in the back of your mind while we're going to this, okay? Now, I'm telling you this is we're going to break this into parts because there's no way we're going to get through all this. It just gets too deep, all right? Um, and I don't want to cut through it fast because there's three areas, right? There's three areas that really in cast calling that you want to focus on. You want to use the best bait or the call for the time of day, season, or situation, you want to understand presentation, the how and why you call. And you want to understand placement, where and when you call. So we're going to actually start out with the bait right now. What call or sounds to use, right? And I'm going to actually start with the one thing that most people don't talk about. And Bruno? What's that? Bruno? Bruno? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have you don't have young kids, man. This is a joke for people with young kids. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> we don't. We, there's a there, there's a Disney movie, a very famous song. It, it says we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing you're getting. Some people will get it. Some hey, some people will get it. Some people. This is for all audiences. Some people. El El Cantanto. If you know, you know. (laughs) If you know, you know. So 
and and you know people always talk about time of season and they talk about situations right they don't talk about the best calls during time of day they don't really talk about that right and that's mm-hmm. like gilbert you know a lot of fishermen go out in the spring and say okay they're running and so i'm going to use this bait right or mm-hmm. it's winter and yeah. i'm going to use this one right yeah. and mm-hmm. a lot of people just go with that and they don't consider <coughs> the time of day so Here's here's my my question. When are elk most vocal? In the mornings and in the evenings. Evenings, yeah. yeah. And at night, right? Yeah. And at night, yeah. Yeah. Morning, evening, and at night. Now they're going to be vocal coming out of darkness into the daylight in the morning. And if you've you know, depending on where they are, how much shadow they are, how cool it is, and different things, they can be local. And depending on because I always here's the problem we always think our region but let's say that you're up in those areas where they have wolves they might not even be that much at all right Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. um or you're down in arizona and i think arizona has that i think they have a 7 30 alarm in in arizona Mm -hmm. man 7 30 they're shut up or or southern colorado where they don't talk a lot either because of the pressure yeah but and it's at a certain time of day, right? Yeah, but yeah, generally, yeah. they're going to come out of the night in the morning, and they're going to be the most vocal. Now, in the evening, they're going to start picking up. And me and Chav have been in situations where I've worked an area. And, and Chav, I don't know if you remember this bull that was just off our hid meadow there, um, right where the line of trees met the scrub oak. We always – and. And that's another key I want to throw out since I mentioned it is transition areas like from timber to scrub oak. Scrub or to a burn. It's really key areas for elk, right? But I don't know if you remember that bull chab that we would hunt that area, look for that bull, look for that bull, try, you know, different strategies, get that bull in. And it's like he wasn't there. It would get dark and he would scream as soon as it got dark. And we're like, son Mm -hmm. of a Buck, man. I mean, it, every time it was like he wasn't going to sound off until the sun went down. Right. And so that happens to us. So let's talk about early morning casting then. Because yes. early morning casting of calls yes. is different from midday yes. and it's different from afternoon. Yes. Because yeah, that, that early morning stuff, you can be real soft and, you know, real gives your cow calls real soft, you know, you want to light somebody's fire up <laughs> at daylight when there's nothing being said, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's like, it's soft. like when you wake up in the morning, man, you wake up in yeah. the morning, you hey, just kind of, hey, you kind of, yeah, you, yeah. you're just yeah. You're stretching, yeah. getting up, you know, yeah. getting started and just kind of slow build. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I'm always late. So every time I wake up in El Cap, I have to run. Or he's on his phone. <laughs> but early morning casting, when I early morning cast, you think about it, sound carries a lot further, way, right? Yeah. So I can actually be up on ridges. Um, I can be at higher elevation. I can bounce my sound off of canyon walls. I can bounce it inside of a canyon. I can call over a bowl. And I'm, my casting is real effective at that time because my sound is going to carry a long, long ways, right? And you can use your bugle tube, Joe, too, with those softer cow calls and project it further as well. Absolutely. I've been with Joe many, many days where, you know, it's just a, yeah, yeah. 
And then he grabs his bugle tube and, yeah. And I mean, dude, and then Tyrannosaurus Rex lights up, right? I mean, here we go. It's like kick the tires and light the fires, boys. Here we go. Uh, it's so cool to have that happen, you know, but you, you're right, Joe. You want to start off. And that moment you realize you wish you would have stretched that camp. (laughs) Yeah. There's a Instagram post and it goes, no, 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 no. And it was that moment that you just realized. Yeah. You realized you (laughs) messed up. Yeah, you messed up because Joe is going to outrun all of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, Armando, the bow hitch, y'all, is in the house. Our brother is here, too, man. So many of our guys that are there, man. I was worried this year I'd be late going with Joe. (laughs) 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 He's so funny, dude. Uh, If you guys, man, uh, go jump on the bow hitch's site, man. I I tell you what. uh, it's it is the best thing since sliced bread. That's all I'm going to say. Go Can't wait to use mine this year, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. He, he got he got the joke of Bruno, man. See, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> so did Drew's air, man. He's, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Flatlander says, "Man, three thirty in the morning comes quick." Yeah, I know, no doubt. Yeah. We're gonna go out night bugling for three hours before we got to get on them. Yeah. yeah. So, but the, the thing that, that you have to realize is in the morning, the morning casting changes from midday because midday you're in the trees. Yes. Now your calling isn't carrying as far. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's a different kind of calling now because mm-hmm. now you're More reaching broadcast. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, in the midday, you've now, or myself, what I like is in Location. midday, I like to be on those elk trails, on those knuckles, um, in those areas that are those upper benches. And I love being on those elk trails at that time. And, and you're going to hear us talking about it when we start talking about presentation and talking about placing, but I do something called chumming. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about fishing, I'm chumming, man. Yeah. Because as I'm moving along, Constantly I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm sounding Sound like, like a herd. Yeah, I'm sounding just like a little group of cows moving through, maybe a calf. And because I hate to walk and not take the opportunity that's possibly an animal there, right? If if you just go, well, I'm not hearing anything, and you walk a half mile, you might have walked by another elk that you could have Mm -hmm. got something to already speak up about, right? So... That's something to think about. And then the afternoon, now in the afternoon, I'm kind of dropping from some of those and going into those corridors there. So my calling and how I'm casting is different because in the morning, I'm casting, trying to get in all these areas to get that morning bugle, that morning response. And you can cast a cow call first. And you always hear us say, guys, to never leave elk, to find elk. Well, we always like to call from near to far. We always like to check close, and then we we reach out. So we have seen Joe. We have seen elk leave elk to go find other elk uh, at, the, at the end of the day. But that's generally when there is a rut going on. And you guys, that you know, y'all want to know when are elk most vocal? When there's a rut going on, we've heard them go all day. Like you pop over another ridge, and it's on like Donkey Kong when you ain't heard a peep. Right. So it's, it's been crazy, crazy. When you have a, a rut going on, you can expect it to go on all day. These cows keep popping and you start hearing more and more 
uh, more and more activity. I'm telling you, you stay in there with them. You don't have to leave them. They'll come to you. All you got to do is sound like a lover before a fighter and it'll be on. But that is really the, the only time when you'll hear them all day, huh, Joe, is yep. when you got a big rut going. Yeah. Joe, what diaphragm call do you have there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That's Ranger. You could have shown up before you had uh, slobber all over it. I mean, it would have been better. I, I, I just want everybody to realize, man, you know, this guy talks about slobber, right? And yeah. he killed the biggest bull of his life because yeah. I took it for the team and took his his diaphragm call, <laughs> his nasty diaphragm call, and put it in my mouth, man. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> definitely a team player, but I refuse to take it back. I know. <laughs> I tried to tell y'all, but, uh, Cody, Cody brother, get ready. Get ready. Yeah. Boy, hey, man, ready. <laughs> serious. So, Dave, David, be ready. Mr. Newberry, be ready. If I, yeah, if or I'm Charlie, out, I'm sorry. If I'm out casting calls, man, our first one that, that we do now, if I have a thing that go over and I'm doing near from far, you know, it's just a, that's all I want, man. I just want a little one that's going to come out. Just a little, just a little sound right there. If I don't get any kind of response, I'm going to take it a little bit further, man. And here's the thing. That is really, really great early season because everybody thinks that I'm cow calling, and that's not necessarily the case. Early season and all through the year, bull news. Okay. Yeah. I call it a bow call. <laughs> yeah, bull right? me. Bull bow me, call. man. Not a bow call, it's a bow call. <clears throat> then if I need to reach out there, and guys, look, it doesn't have to be a beautiful three-tone. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be that because that's not what those guys are hearing out there. It's just a two-note, one-note. A lot of times all I'm doing is broadcasting. That's all I'm doing. And I'll do it from north all the way to south, man. I'll just take that noise and take it out as I'm going there. Okay? Hey, Joe, is, L- is Loretta home? No, she's not home, man. Okay. <laughs> she <fell>. I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> but generally, she hears all this going on. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. You got me yeah. all all fired up, Joe. I was looking for my bugle tube and my calls, but my wife is underground. I'm telling you, she's in so in house. Look, you're, there's no way you can go into producing your own calls and not, and not be noises in the house, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she's gonna build you a shed in the back, a he shed, not a she shed. <laughs> yeah, you didn't break this in for me, Travis. You now <laughs> he 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 did. You just don't know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sweet, man. We're really liking that. So midday, when I'm going midday and I'm starting to do that, and I, now I'm really, again, I'm sticking with cow calls. Do I love to bugle a bull in? Love it, man. But I got to get one. 
to talk to me and I got to get one to react to me. And if I don't know one's there, I am moving through those trails and I am chumming, I am cow calling like a little group as I'm going through. And I'm looking for something that's going to sneak into me or something that's going to speak up, right? And <laughs> there's a, it, it's a, this is such a hard thing to do, this live stuff, man, when people are making comments. Um, I know, Cole said, I can build that she shit, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cole, brother, Cole. <laughs> yeah, we'll build a she shed and I'll end up in it. Right? <laughs> It'll be nice if Cole Wilkes builds it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. for the listeners there, um, for everybody that's listening to this after we've done on the live we we've got everybody chatting on the side right here and uh cole wilkes after i just talked about the call and said that uh he could make a she shed for me so that <laughs> she wouldn't have to worry man and let me tell you what the boy could build one man yeah, absolutely, no time. man yeah, absolutely one of the best you boys in texas if y'all need some help around that god's country there just north of austin y'all give cole wilkes a call so the, the other thing is that i want to tell you is Early morning is probably when I am the most active in my distance. And midday, that pace slows way down as I'm moving through those trails and I'm chumming. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get an eye on how we cover country. Uh, now, let's say that in the morning, I'm not getting a response, but I've come through an area where all of a sudden I got fresh crap on the ground and I'm smelling animals close by. Mm -hmm. Well, now I'm getting ready to stop and put on a scenario, man, and because something's told me it's there. Right, R.C.? That's right. Look, yep. I, I hearken back to a time that R.C. Knox and I were up in an area that we call the bedroom and or just below it, really, and we hadn't heard a peep all morning, like nothing. And we know that elk are in the area. R.C. was so aggravated and so mad. <laughs> he just gets on his hyper call, man, and he goes, you know what? Heck with it. He rips off a nasty bugle, and then he goes to whining on that hyper call. I'm talking like ultra. I mean, he's just whining on that thing. He goes, we got nothing to lose. We ain't heard anything all morning. All of a sudden, I mean, we ain't even stopped 35 seconds. I turn and look, and it is a herd of elk coming down a ridge. And, I mean, a giant six-by-six six with that herd. And the, the problem was is the herd went across, and we're standing out right kind of like right in this little trailhead, and they're looking right at us. And the bull stops. I need him to go another three feet to clear the front of a cow. And I shoot him at about 45 yards, stone dead, you know. And uh they they kind of got a little gust from us because the, the thermals were going up. And boom, they fly out of there. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and I said, Oh my gosh. And it wasn't 10 seconds later, we turn and look to our left and here comes a spike. I mean, just dumb as a bag of hammers. Here he comes <laughs> running up in there and he stops at 17 yards broadside. And I drew my bow and I'm telling you, you could have, you could have let all the air out of RC knots. He's like, this fella is fixing to kill a bull right here in this horrible spot, but he's got him at 17 yards. And I had it at full draw RC over my left shoulder. I looked at him and I winked and I went, nah. And I let down and I thought RC knots were going to choke me out on that mountain right there. I mean, we had worked so hard that morning, but what I'm trying to get at guys is you never know. 
you gotta make sounds, you gotta work hard, and you 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 know that elk are vocal creatures, right? They're gonna hear you even if they're mm-hmm. shut up, and they will come and find you. As long as you keep being persistent and keep moving, you got a shot, you know. And uh Joe's right, man. As long as you're chumming and you're doing the right things, and uh, RC was, we kind of threw caution to the wind. He just went off with that cow call, and that set the whole herd coming down the mountain to it. Grinders tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Podcast. Our goal is to share our knowledge and help you flatten that learning curve so that you too can have some of the very same incredible experiences that have given all of us here at Elk Bros a lifetime of memories. If you like what you hear or see, you can get all of this information plus so much more from our Base Camp Elk Hunting Training Camp, the first in a series of online courses from our Blue Collar Elk Academy. Our Base Camp Training Camp allows me to use my coaching style and share almost 40 years of elk hunting experiences successfully hunting elk on public lands as well as over 20 years guiding hunters of all ages and experience levels. This course will be like nothing you have ever experienced in concept and structure using success-based coaching techniques that will elevate your confidence and skill sets. Our camp will prepare you specifically from that final moment most in your control, those final minutes or seconds the elk is in front of you, backwards through each step and level, allowing you to see, visualize, understand, and relate every coaching point to what lies ahead, the next step, the next thought process, the next success. Because, y'all, you've already been there. You know what it looks like. By tapping my 30 years of teaching and coaching experience, our camps are developed considering multiple learning modes with text, visuals, audio, as well as video. And Base Camp will benefit those new to elk hunting all the way to the 10 to 15 year vet. So if you are looking for that one thing to help you fill that tag this year, invest in the most important piece of equipment there is, you and your elk hunting knowledge. You can find the Blue Collar Elk Hunting Academy and the Base Camp Training Camp at elkbros.com. That's E-L-K-B-R-O-S dot com. Keep dreaming of the screaming, believing in achieving, and most of all, keep grinding. So let me ask you a question, though, in that scenario. Had you guys been calling any at all up to that point? No. So you've been silent the whole time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, every now and then, huh, RC, every now and then, but nothing, we hadn't ripped off no big bugles or nothing. We weren't hearing anything. Yeah. So. And we were more or less headed to a, a park that we knew that they crossed and yeah. where they, like you say, the knuckles, we were almost to the knuckle. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, right. And, and that's and where I, we were headed to. And I think, um, a lot of times, for a lot of people, they think the same thing as what Gilbert says. Well, we're not hearing anything, so we're not going to say anything. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's no way something is going to come to you if it doesn't hear you. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's something for you guys to think about, right, that yeah. are out there. Um you just gotta hope you dumb into them then and, you know, uh, walk up on one that you see in front of you and hope the wind's right. And then, you know, that's a, that's a way to kill an elk. I mean, I've been there, done that. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you're out there calling a critter that wants to talk to you. 
in the right time of the year that the talking is supposed to be going on. Sometimes you just got to make your own, you know, own your own will and your own way. And I'll never forget that. It was a big lesson learned for me uh, in very young in my elk hunting career. So I'm going to go back to that question I asked. I asked when elk are most vocal. So I'm going to ask when elk are least vocal. Midday? Yeah, midday. Yeah. Uh, okay, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it depends on if the rut's going on, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, and it would depend on if you're post or pre, uh, I would think, as well. Yeah, and you know why I think a lot of people think that elk are the least vocal at midday is because <laughs> they're, at they're, they're, they're at camp. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I have, I've honestly guiding, I was guiding a guy and he looked at his watch and he said, well, I guess it's time to go back to camp. And I said, why? He says it's 10 o'clock. Hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what do you mean it's 10 o'clock? Well, the elk bed down at 10 o'clock. <laughs> that cat told you that. Yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah. talked to him. You 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 called him today or what? I mean, I'm like, yeah. Look, no. dude, I I've been doing this for a little while. And I ain't seen a watch on an elk yet. <laughs> no, I haven't seen one. No, they kind of forest no. gump of the forest. When they tired, they lay down. When they hungry, they eat. When That's they thirsty, they time. drink. Yeah. That's exactly right. And what was so funny about that was. It wasn't 15 minutes later because I sat down and said, no, bud, that, that ain't, these guys can go off at any time. I oh, gave out a cow call and the bull bugles and all of a sudden you start hearing all these cow calls go off, not 300 yards from us. And I looked at him <laughs> and, I, and I was like, dang it, man, those guys are, they're not following the rules. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get the idea on that, right? right. So. But you're, they're going to be the least vocal during the day. And a lot of times we don't hear them because the trees, the wind, the terrain, where they bed, different things is going to make it harder to hear their calls. So a lot of times it's not always that they are not being vocal. It's that we're not, we're not there where that tree in the forest is falling, right? Yeah, that's right. But it's definitely, they're definitely going to be much more vocal when they're going. There's going to be certain times of day and certain things when they get up to move at different times. But that midday can be a great time out there. Um, yes. So the pace that I was talking about before, the pace that I want to mm. talk about was morning, kind of moving a little bit more. What are some things, Manana, because I, you know, I've walked behind you this year, and when you're going, there are certain things that cause you to start putting on the brakes in a certain area. What are those things? Sounds, Joe. I don't have the ability to to, to walk and cow call at the same time, so I have to yes. <laughs> listen the woods pretty. Tell you pretty what, well. altitude. <laughs> What is it that you guys see or what happens that makes you think uh, I need to stop here and listen, look or smell? What, what types of things? Like well, uh, it's a, it's a combination of several things. Signs. Mm -hmm. If you see something that calls your attention or you, you just feel it. It's just, a natural feeling. I don't know. It's a, or a smell. It's a, 
Yeah, I smell well. I I got I got a big nose, so. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's the one thing that that we have in common there. And Chad, what about you, man? What type well, of? Well, if you're walking along and you smell something, it's you know it's obvious something's either yeah. been there or Amazing. something's in the area, right? And uh, sometimes uh, chipmunks or squirrels yes. start chattering. You kind of know something's in the area. Yeah, absolutely know. They might be uh, chirping at you, but there could be an elk in the area too, or or, or a lot of elk. Yeah, generally, if you can't see that squirrel, he's generally at something else. If he can see you, then yeah, I mean, he could be. Yeah, yeah. he could be ratting you out, but most of the time they're ratting on their. But it could be a deer, it could be a bear, it could be an elk, right? Just something in the area. Now, and if you're moving along and you hear them start lighting up behind you, you can tell how they kind of let something go through before they start chattering at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I generally find, too, that if it's a predator like a bobcat or a coyote or something like that, they're really emphatic when they hit it. I mean, they go nuts. But when it's just a deer or an elk or something like that, they'll start barking, but it's not that emphatic like bark, you know, that when it's a predator. So that's something else that keys me into, oh man, you know, might be a bear around us or might be a a bobcat around us or something, you know, mountain lion or anything like that. So definitely want to be keying into those sounds and and smells around the area. And Cole, Cole Wilkes asked, he said, what would you do midday to stir something up, Joe? And he knows exactly because he's done it with me, man. And, uh, you know, sometimes, especially if you have a partner, uh, you have nothing to lose, man. You kind of get a little in, er- in an area where you know that – now, I always say this, where you know elk or possibly that. How do you know that? Well, at that midday time, again, you got to be in those types of areas where they're going to bed down. And it's not going to be in, well, depending, like in Arizona, can they just bed down under some of the junipers or something like that? Absolutely. In our mountainous country or in our mesas, they're going to kind of pick some areas up on the side. They're going to find some areas that are dark, that are way, that are cool. They're going to find timber. It could be north areas. It could be just a choked area in there. And you can tell. So we actually, um, Cole and myself and Rob were traveling through, and we found an area that, was a natural funnel all the way down from the top and kind of dropped down, went wide, and kept feeding down the hillside. It was really, really thick, had a lot of benches down on the bottom. And we were just like, this is a great place because that funnel created a megaphone for being able to put on a show. And so we sat down in different areas, and we started playing parts, man. And we started putting on a scenario, putting on a show, just starting out just with a little bit of cow calls, introducing a bull, and then we started to get worked up a little bit, just like two bulls in two areas, me and Cole. It's so funny, man, when when you're two guys doing that and the other guy starts getting all raspy and nasty at you, man, you're like, well, screw you, man. You start getting nasty and rap. I mean, just like a doggone bull was, I was smacking him in the face. He was coming yeah. back. I mean, and when Cole starts ripping out a tree, I don't know what he picks up. I don't know if he finds telephone poles or what, but you know, he's using bear paws and hands he's got. <laughs> it sounds like the whole Glad that boy's balls. never become a proctologist. <laughs> like I said, you never know what you're going to get with us, man. So, yeah, we, we hadn't. We hadn't done a scenario for five minutes, and all of a sudden we caught the side of an elk coming through up the hill. 
And this spike, we have it on video, this spike walks, I don't know, um, behind Rob about 10 feet, you know, comes yeah. out broadside. That, uh, But you're not able to take a spike in Colorado, so it, it wasn't a legal bull for us. But it, it wasn't five minutes that we pulled that bull, sucked him up out of that area that looked elky, man. And, yeah. you know, that's some of the things that you can do. You know, especially... You know, you're tired or you're getting downtrodden. You know, enjoy it. Have some fun. Yeah. You know? Stop. Sit down and get you some, something to eat. That's one of my favorite things to do is sit down, get me some granola or peanut butter and bacon sandwich. I mean, whatever we got that we can munch on and relax and, and think about things that are going on. And you can always keep doing you know, keep sounding off the whole nine yards. I, I can remember one time we weren't far from where that's that place with RC and I was at. We all took a nap in hammocks and I got up and I cow called three times and a bull came in within 65 or 70 yards from us. And it had been silent all day, but that bull snuck in there on us and got below us and never said a word, Joe, yep. you know, and that was right. And when we were get, you know, everybody was asleep. I'm like, I, Brendan was with me and he was like, I can't believe this. We're not ready. I'm like, yeah, well, when, you know, my dumb self decided to blow a cow call and didn't have anybody ready, you know, so we learned something there. You know, it was crazy how it happened midday like that for us. But well, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that you, you learn lessons from things that happen to you, right? And yeah. Chav and I would always stay out all day long and, Man, you get tired, and there's a time of the day, just like that Forrest Gump thing, that more tired, we lay down and sleep. And I found this area that just happened to be kind of like on the top of a ridge, but it was heavily treed. And and I proceeded to curl up down on the ground, had my bow, you know, right off to the side. And I was like, wow, crash, man. And I'm asleep, and all of a sudden I hear, boom, and I open my eyes to an, a cow elk's hooves not 10 feet away from me mm. coming down. And <laughs> they, I watched this cow and a calf and two other cows walk right by me, had no clue I was there. And I'm like, well, that's cool, man, in midday. And they're moving <laughs> at midday, right? Because either other people have been going back to camp or something happened to get them up and move them or they got up by themselves. I, I know, and I almost got ridden over a herd yeah. while we were on our hammocks this this past September. We were snoring. That's why we couldn't do any, anything. <laughs> well, so it was like, snoring. I don't know. It was probably the, the biggest bathroom, group. Using it, the facilities. It was probably the biggest group of elk we'd seen yeah. together honestly in that mountain because right. i mean we didn't so, see big groups but that was what like eight of them Manana? Yeah, eight seven, nine of them seven yeah so get this yeah. though after those cows walk by me i'm like oh what's the chances of that happening again so i lay back down <laughs> and go to sleep and the next time i get woke up it's a cow and a large six by six mm. and i'm laying down on the ground and Got my bow off 10 feet away from me. So lesson learned is anytime you do lay down to sleep, make sure you have your bow right next to you. Because next to you is an arrow. And I'm telling you, you're going to be, call, you're you're gonna be calling it all. If you're going to be calling it all, that's right. Have an arrow knocked up. Oh, and if you're going to go number two, 
like Manano, just make sure that you bring your bow with you. Because yeah. you might have elk show up and watch you do it. You. Exactly. They checking you out. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about bait, and we've talked about, you know, early morning casting and midday casting and afternoon casting, people are going, well, what's the bait you're using? What calls are you using? And I hope they understand that I always start with a cow call. If I'm moving through during midday, I'm doing cow call scenarios. I'm chumming just like that. Um, am I using bugles in the morning? Absolutely. I'm going to reach out if I can. Okay. If I get a bull that responds to a cow call, do I need to give a bugle? No, I don't. And understand that a cow call is a location call. If I'm going to go through that tube and send it out there and that bull responds, I don't need to do anything else. Why do I want to introduce a bull into the situation when he's responding yeah. to a cow, right? Yeah. And and yeah. what will most people do as soon as they hear a bull? It's like, yeah, it's on. It. Right? And, <laughs> and next thing you know, they're like, well, well you know, he's he got further away. aiming at me, but he's moving away, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, it uh, – that, that's just something you think about. So that midday, I'm chumming. That afternoon, so here's what I've done. I've been moving pretty good in the morning. I slow way down in the midday. And I have this bad habit in the afternoon of start really, I get in my mind where elk are going to be in certain areas, and I really start working towards those areas to where they're going to be coming down from where they are getting close to their feet areas. So my pace sometimes gets real fast, and sometimes I shouldn't be doing that because I've actually bumped elk doing that on the way going through transition areas. And, I, and what I mean by transition is those areas between feed and bed. So that's something to keep in mind. That's a mistake I've made that even to this day sometimes – I get in my head that elk is going to be in this spot by this time of day, and I'll start rushing it sometimes, and I'll pass up good opportunities on elk. We've all done sure. that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I've done it. I've done it um, similarly with hogs uh, in public land in areas where I've had encounters with hogs. And I think, you know, I in my mind, like you said, I made a pattern of where I think the hogs are at certain times of the day. So just trying to get to that point, you you end up spooking hogs on the way and on, on the way. Yeah, absolutely. So that's same, something to think same about. thing. And so the calling changes too. So in the morning from, from the cow calls and the occasional bugles and stuff to where I'm kind of just doing the cow calls unless a situation comes up to where in the afternoon, again, now I'm going from cow calls to letting out a few bugles like a bull going to a destination. The other scenario I love to do is I love to be the destination bull. If there's no activity yeah. going on, I will become that bull. Sure. So I will act like that bull coming off the ridge that has cows with him that's advertising, trying to work something up. That's that's the sequence and scenario that I like to do. That'll actually call cows to you, Joe. Absolutely. And if you're calling cows to you, you're putting scent in the air. Yes. They are adding scent to the air, making yes. the whole thing more real, and you could end up in a good situation, right? Sure. So that's something to think about. That's the bait. Now. Time of season, rut, pre-rut, rut, post-rut, right? Yep. Your bait change, just like Gilbert was talking about, when we're pre-rut, when bulls are buddy-buddy, I'm using way more cow calls at that time. Yeah, way more herd talk. Yeah, I'm using my chumming technique, and I'm going to have more bulls come in silent. We're rut transition. 
Now I've got some bulls that are starting to, the young bulls starting to get cows. So I might change a little bit there. Those guys are bulls I can call in just by introducing a possible breeding sequence or tending if I'm sounding like I'm tending a cow. So I can do some of these during that rut transition. So the bait is changing. Now the bait is becoming a cow in heat during rut transition, a cow in heat during the rut. During the post-rut, I just want to get, because those bulls in, I just want to get them to sound off. And they will start sounding off. Those guys that get into rifle and muzzleloader season late like that. So the bait changes a little bit. And when I'm talking about the bait, I'm talking about the call that I'm using at that time of year, right? That's right. Once, once I get into the rut transition in the rut, I can... Because how bulls are acting and engaging, if they're becoming territorial, if whether or not they're, you know, being, uh, wanting to be with the herd, whether or not they want to breed, whether or not they're trying to protect what they have, all of those things give me an idea of what bait I can use. Okay. That's, uh, that's just, and, and those situations are going to change. It's going to be time of day, time of season, and situation, right? 12 to 4 is money because they get up and mill around, easy time to slay a bull. Absolutely, John. Yeah, and, and, John, let me tell you something, bro. If these people haven't watched on Hunt Wars, um, I just got to tell you, buddy, you, can, you, you, were, you were the best caller on the show, and you came so far. You know, and, and what, man, I was so, so impressed with you. Um, uh, I just, from coach to you, man, I was proud of you. I, I mean, I was proud of everybody, but, uh, hands down, man, I got to see all these guys in the calling that they were doing from, uh, the beginning to the end. And Joe had a lot of good qualities of call, but man, he brought, he brought some things really from one level to another one throughout the time that I got to see him. So it was extremely impressive, man. Awesome. So I think what we're going to do is I think we're going to put this to bed now um, for today, and we're going to come back to it. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be on our next podcast, but we're going to go into presentation and placement uh, on the next parts of this as far as cast calling goes. All right? I love that. Yeah, it looks like some fantastic information, Joe. Um, you know, guys, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and review us. you got to go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes to review us, and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com. And just a reminder, if any of our listeners would like their questions answered on our show, just send your questions to info, that's I-N-F-O, at elkbros.com. Mr. Cody Kilpatrick, get your stuff together, son, because you are coming to hunt with the Elk Rose crew in New Mexico this September. We're so proud to have you, brother. Uh, Joe, like we say down here in the Lone Star State, husbands kiss your wives, wives kiss your husbands, hug your babies, keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry, (laughs) and we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. And for all our grinders out there, here's some more music from our buddy, Tony Wintrip. Tony! Peace, peace, everybody. Thanks for being here, man. The man on top of the world didn't fall there. 
knew how to earn his keep with a wall there. He could look anyone in the eye, never was afraid of goodbye. His strength was unimaginable. Through the darkest winter storm, never was above the norm. Never done it, he would tell you so. Never complain, it's the way life goes. The man on top of the world didn't fall there. You can see his veins through his t-shirt, determination on his face. Never heard of the word failure. Never credit. Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.